Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, pow, I'm Sam Delaney, so what? Well, just pick up what we were just talking about before we started recording, because yeah. I realised we were doing Let them in on it without actually yeah, doing it. Um, and I've, I've seen rumours that there's a vaccine coming in October for this COVID mm. thing, which sounds right. great on the face of it. It sounds like we all just pop along, get a little pill on our tongue or whatever or a little oh I hope they do on. a gummy version in like fruits of the forest flavour oh wouldn't like, that be great I don't, the worst is an injection I don't obviously want that um, I I mean I never had a BCG mate because I got the day off on BCG day because right. I was that shit scared of the BCG because really? the rumours you know the rumours people say about BCG they go oh you know when you get it it's a hundred needles into your arm at once bang it's the worst player in the film. And then the fifth year's wait outside the room. So as soon as you come out, they pile on top of you and just like give you digs in the injection. Loads. And then pus comes out of your arm and it goes yeah. all mouldy. Like, yeah. they, they were so... That's kind of all true. Yeah, ca- there was a kernel of truth in all of it. So are I, you not I pretty much had, I, No, I could get tuberculosis tomorrow, mate. Fuck. That, that's why you don't sleep. That's what it is, deep what, down. I'm scared of tuberculosis. Yeah, your yeah. subconscious has got you. TB's coming to get me. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, I had it, and it wasn't... It, all those rumours went round. Did you not get the, the six pricks thing? That's the thing where you've that's got... That's the test. Yeah. yeah. I got it. They all got well? muddled up. The six pricks and the mm. big injection all got muddled up into one thing. Like, it was... I don't know if you remember, but there's a scene in Star Wars where they are trying to get some information out of Princess Leia on the mm. Death Star. Yeah. And and Peter Cushing goes, yeah, don't worry about that. Right? She's not talking, but I've got a fucking injection machine, floating injection machine, haven't I? Watch this, cunts. <laughs> right? And he sends it in. It's like some floating thing with a load of needles on it. It comes towards her and you shit it. She's like, ah! And it's like it's going to inject her in the eye. And that is effectively how I envisage the BCG. Felt- I mean, it was confusing because the Six Pricks was also the name of the gang that I was in. <laughs> so really good. Wasn't it a really good post-punk act as well? Yeah, the Six it, Pricks. Yeah, yeah. They had they had a couple of singles that did all right. They were brief, briefly represented by Malcolm McLaren. Yeah, they did a peel session or two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Six Pricks was was the sort of precursor where, where they, they worked out whether or not you were going to be allergic to the BCG, and that was just in your in your forearm. And mm. it was six tiny needles. And it's whether your skin in. then went at like in swelled up or not. Uh, but then um but then the BCG itself, the um the the uh the rumour was that the needle was kind of the size of a dart. Yeah. And it went right into your arm. <laughs> and that the doctor threw it like a dart from the other side of the room. Well this this goes back to my uh mistaken belief when I was a kid about ear piercing. 
and uh, my mum told us that you got your ear pierced with an ear piercing gun and I thought that you stood across the other side of the room and it was like you know the, doc, the, the ear piercer would stand and fucking shoot the, the earring in from, from mm. a distance which she's probably trying to put you off fun. were you thinking of having your ear pierced I think I probably was yeah yeah, it was probably I was pretty. I don't know. Kids don't do it anymore, but it, weirdly, it was quite sort of a hard thing to do in the eighties. Yeah. Was to get your ear pierced, wasn't That's it? Why I didn't do it in the end. Yeah, yeah. and it had to be. Your I, think, left I ear. think I think me and you should do it because yeah, actually, pierced. you know, the Latvians do do a jewelry, a nice jewelry line, do they? right? We could get <laughs> top like time machine jewelry, and I'm thinking, let's get our ears pierced <laughs> <laughs> with a gun from a distance. Yeah. Like what's his name? William the, Tell, the like yeah. William Tell, that <laughs> yeah. mad bastard. What's the story of William Tell? Like, I don't know how it came about, but all I know, because I've never read the full story, is that there was a scenario whereby he's done a bet with someone that he can shoot an apple off his own kid's head. Yeah, and I'm thinking, under no circumstances is that acceptable. Like, I'll do some digging on exactly why he ended up in that predicament, but it sounds like a drunken pub. Fucking conversation, it's bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, gone out of got out yeah. of hand. I tell you, all right, I fucking tell you, I'm that good a shot that I will shoot an apple, right? From thirty fucking yard. No, we'll go out in the car park, do it now, and I'm that confident that I'll hit it bang on target. I'm gonna put the apple on our kid's fucking head, <laughs> and that's my kid's life I'm playing with there. That's how confident I am. What do you reckon? Put your money where your mouth is. The stakes are pretty high. William Tell, dickhead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so where were we? Yeah, yeah so vac- the, the, the coronavirus vaccine. The thing is, right, I'm reading it here. There was an article. First thing that came up on Google was there was an article back in June saying that this one that Oxford University had been working on, in best case scenario, will be ready to be rolled out in October. Right? Now... The thing is, is that, um, you know, any new drug, it can Mm. take a decade of tests to really work out whether Mm. or not it's safe. Because the key thing is, you don't know long-term side effects of using a drug. Now, Mm. there are those lunatics all around the world who are already anti-vaxxers because they think that the government are trying to steal their thoughts with their chicken pox um, vaccines, right? And those people are nutters. But to be honest, even fairly rational people will think, hang on a minute, this medicine, Mm. this new drug has been thrown together like George's Marvellous Medicine in a hurry (laughs) and they're asking us to take them on the fucking off chance. You know, and you're going to... A lot of people, and maybe Mm. even the likes of you and I... I mean, this is for a future life logistics episode, right? <laughs> are going to be thinking, I might just take my chances of getting COVID rather than have this injection, which could, who knows, I could be growing tits out of my face or something like that. I mean, I'd, I'd a take that opportunity because it would just spice things up a bit. That would be the best dull, case scenario. It's been a pretty dull, monotonous year. And if someone offered me the chance to have some tits growing out of my face for a bit, then because then, obviously <laughs> then they'll start working on a vaccine for the first tits. So then you've got that to look forward to, haven't you? You know, they always warned us, didn't they, about the military-industrial complex, right? But there is also part of that is the pharmaceutical industry as Mm. well. Are you going to be David Icke here? No, hang on a minute, right? The military-industrial complex... Hang on a minute, David Icke, 
you know, it talks a lot of sense when you get no, down to it. <laughs> no, there is the first bit of what David Icke says is just what what's his name Eisenhower warned when he left office. He was the one who first coined the phrase. Now he was not a conspiracy theorist nutter. He knew he'd been on the front line in the White House. He said, "Listen, right, there's a military industrial complex globally who are very powerful, very rich, and they rely." on conflicts to make the money. It's what yeah. turns the wheels of industry around the world. That, of course, is true. We have seen countless pointless wars. America has been in an almost constant state of conflict for the last, whatever, yeah. like 60 years, right, because of them. Wars, the pharmaceutical- wars good for business, isn't it? It's that traditional for business, saying, isn't it? Yeah. Right? The pharmaceutical industry um, have got the same thing. They need illnesses, right? They need viruses. They need shit to be going on. They're the ones who probably started it. All right, yeah, I am David Icke. I didn't realise where I was going. <laughs> I, when I started saying that, I didn't think that within moments I'd be claiming that the <laughs> pharmaceutical industry started COVID-19. I really didn't. Yeah, but there you are. We're full, but you're full now, here I am. I've said it, yeah. so... I've gone the other um, way. I've been investing money in shares in wet markets in China. Wet markets? Yeah. What's that? Wet markets in China. Oh, is that where the thing started? Yeah, where it all started. I've been buying shares in them because they're rock bottom at the minute, so they can only grow. Oh, and I've been buying and shares. I've been buying shares in bats as well. It's the big short, isn't it? That, it's the same you do principle. That on, the, on, on, the, on the creature market, you can invest in oh, various animals. I'm really interested in the creature market. <laughs> so what's, I've been what? Investing in bats. If you're if you're a safe investor, right? You're not someone who shoots to the moon. Yeah. I tell you what sort of investor I am, and I'll ask your advice. I'm not someone who's going to take a big gamble, right? right. Because yeah. I want to secure my future and make sure that I've always got like a tidy sum yeah. there for a rainy day. But at the same time, I don't want to be boring and just make like very small margins. I want to be. I want a safe bet bet that always gives a decent return, irrespective of what's happened that year. Right. Within the creature market. Yeah. What sort of animals am I looking at? What sort of creatures would be good? Shrewd Guinea investments. Pigs. Guinea pigs. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, because more and more people are getting them. More people are realising so, that they're, they're, they've got more um, personality to them than you'd imagine. They're better than gerbils. Yeah. Gerbils are quite fucking thick. Well, they're gerbils tiny and they die about. real they're quick. Small. But guinea pigs, they're kind of like halfway between a gerbil and, let's say, a dog. So people are starting to realise guinea pigs are going to be massive the next five years. Be a massive. Okay, yeah, but that's pig. that. That's like that could be a fat. That's a fashion. I want something that's always in fashion. Well, cats and dogs then. Cats and you dogs. Can't, you can't go wrong with cats and dogs. Mm. Or flies. Yeah. Invest in flies. Well, I don't know about flies. I think that there'll be someone somewhere working on a on a fucking fly cure. repellent that will wipe them out a cure, a cure for flies, flies. wipe no, them out once and for all they're part of the fucking uh, animal what's it Ecosystem. called the, the food chain you know you need them you can't re- just remove something from the food chain even wasps have got their uses mm. you can't just fucking cancel wasps as much as you want to I wouldn't want to although I did flush a half dead one down the toilet two days ago which I feel quite bad about but it was sitting on that spot there is between the back of the toilet seat and the toilet system. You know that Ooh. small gap? Yeah. I call it the toilet the toilet perineum. Perineum, yeah. And it was half dead. It was still like slightly twitching. Right. But I knew it was on its last legs. And it had been spotted by my daughter and wife. And of course they were worried that it was gonna like sting them in the arse when they were going yeah. to the toilet. Well, I was so I thought, yeah. 
it's got to go. That's probably what I was waiting and for. It was probably pretending to be half dead. Yeah, you know, on, on there's a premise. lot of dead ones around at the moment. I disposed yeah. of another one last night, but I didn't kill it. I just caught it in a glass. Yeah, in the traditional manner and released it into the garden. Wow. But so this one you sent down the toilet, you didn't kill it first. You just sent on like a river rapids kind of farewell. I just sent it down. I didn't kill it. I just said, "There you go, mate." And I, you know, I That's read fun. the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't just do it willy nilly. I, I did it with a certain amount of solemnity. That's yeah. the word. I still remember. I still. I still often think about a wasp that was in my bedroom about twenty years ago. <laughs> and this was it. This was this was like November, right? This was well beyond wasp season, and it was fucking massive. It was like a donkey wasp. Oh, and I it still, might have been a hornet. It might have been a hornet. It, no, it was a wasp. I'm telling you, it was a wasp, but it was fucking massive. And we um, went. We went on holiday it, once. We went on holiday once to Italy, and we the house that we'd rented online was a nightmare. It was just before we had kids. It was me, me and my good wife, and we. And we got there and there was various problems. But the worst problem was there was one bedroom and it was infested with giant mega wasps. Like the one you described. A fucking family of the cunts, right? And they were proper like, what do you think you're doing? You're not fucking kipping in here. This is our room. That was their attitude, right? And I'm like, well, I think you'll find. I booked this via the website. Mm. Um, I checked it out. My booking is at all protected. There's oh. been a mistake. Please fuck off. Mm. Because I have the booking. I have the paperwork here. And the wasps were like, I could not give a fuck what fucking Stick paperwork you've got. Stick your fucking at all up your fucking arse, lad. Yeah. <laughs> your fucking paperwork. Are you joking? <laughs> I'm a wasp. For starters, I can't read. I can't read human. <laughs> right? And even if I could, I wouldn't be asked. I'm the cunt what can sting you. Right? And you're just a fucking useless, pathetic human who can't even fly. Uh, Fuck I've, off, or you're getting stung. I've got a very, very limited consciousness. Even this conversation we're having now is a massive fucking stretch for me. As a wasp. <laughs> As if I'm going to read a fucking contract by Atoll, <laughs> right? Or a rental agreement with your shitty fucking italianvillas.com, right? This is my fucking house. I live here year round. <laughs> Fuck off, right? I've got eight kids back there, all of whom are old enough. They're of stinging age, right? <laughs> and my missus, she's a fucking brute of a woman, trust me, right? I could have them, oh, one word for me, they're all out. They're stinging you and your missus, right? All over. You're fucked. So it was disastrous. I think the first night we had to sleep in the living room, really uncomfortable mm. on the sofa. So the second night I went down to Super Mercado bought every fucking repellent I could. I mm. put on rubber rubber gloves, uh, a hat, as much uh, a scarf a around my face. Okay. I yeah. was trying to protect every element of my body yeah. from attack. Yeah. And I went in double-handed like a spray in each hand and I just fucking ran in and went mad. It was a massive <laughs> it was a bloodbath. I like went a Schwarzenegger kind figure. It was going in with two machine guns on an HR. Actually t- talking of that there's a brilliant film that people should check out called Bait. My my daughter has got really into sharp films. Since I showed her, last year I showed her Jaws for the first time mm. and it immediately became my favourite film. And then she watched all the other Jaws films and now she's just like an expert in shark films. So she watched The Meg, which is mm. a really good one with Jason Statham. The other night we watched a 2012 film called Bait because she mm. searched 
all of Netflix for a- any shark-related film. So right. we're watching them all. There's an Australian film called Bait, right? It's fucking mad. There's a load of people and they get stuck. They're working. They're in a supermarket. The supermarket is being robbed. Midway through the robbery, a massive fucking tidal wave, right, washes over the whole town that the supermarket's in, <laughs> as, like a tsunami, yeah. and they get submerged in water. But guess fucking what? It was, like, it a was shark that. turns up. Yeah. yeah. Aye, aye. <laughs> fucking shark has swum into fucking Tesco's, right? This is, this is a disaster, right? So it's... <laughs> they have to fucking there's something like they have to get and so they're all hiding on top of the shelves mm. out of the water but someone has to go down into the water to get something essential to their survival yeah crisps. but they know this they know this yeah we need to get some fucking crisps <laughs> the what's it's are down there aisle seven bottom shelf who's gonna get them <laughs> <laughs> the best crisps would probably be in a situation like that you'd have to go for the pringles because they're the best protected from the water they're the yeah. least likely Two have got water damaged, aren't they? No, I don't know, because I think the uh, the protection of the Pringles, that cardboard tubing might dampen and then, you know, let the water in. I think if they're but in plastic bags... But it's quite thick bags, cardboard. Yeah, it's cardboard, isn't it? Cardboard's cardboard. Mm. Cardboard I suppose it's a tsunami as well. We're not talking a bit of a splash. Yeah, it's not just a fucking drip or two. I think uh, Seabrooks, yeah. as much as anything, or walkers. Seabrooks, yeah. Well, anyway, the guys go because then you've got double protection. You've got <laughs> that's the true. bags of yeah, crisps, yeah, that's really and then true. the uh, exterior protection as well. Yeah, you can get a, you can get a multi pack of uh, Seabrooks. Yeah, it's no good anyway, getting like, a grab bag of Terrells or something like that. There's just one bag of crisps. This geezer goes, "I'll go down there. I've got an idea." <laughs> and you think, "I wonder what his idea is, right? Uh, how he's going to get down there and avoid shark." It fucking cuts back, and the mad cunt as somehow they don't show how it's done because it's too far fetched. But he's got a shopping trolley, and he's taking it to pieces, and then wrapped it around himself as a sort of a makeshift armor. Mm. So you know, people have shark cages that they go down to look at the sharks in. Mm. He sort of made a personal shark cage, so he's wrapped shopping trolley around his arms and legs and head and face, <laughs> right, yeah. and he just jumps into the water to go and Smart. get whatever he needs to get. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but He's obviously evolved, the, shark, <laughs> the shark just takes one look at him and he's like, fuck it, Al. Fuck's <laughs> sake, mate, is that the best you can I'll do? I'll bite straight through that, he just eats him. Him and the fucking shopping trolley. So that's beer. That's highly mm. recommended. Jalapeño. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Jalapeño. The other night of BBC Two, there was a documentary. Do you remember that fella who accused the, the MP paedophile sex ring a few years ago? And then it turned oh, yeah. out he was a liar. He was a Walter Mitty character. He was a very much a Walter Mitty character, and now he yeah. went, he's in prison for 18 years or something. It was about that. And kind of when you look at the stuff, some of the things he was accusing them of, like one of them was that he was taken to these parties when he was young and they used to pin poppies to his chest with pins. And you just think, this is like something off Brass Eye. He's, <laughs> you know what I mean? If Chris Morris yeah. was going to do something like that, that's the kind of detail he would come up with, that they pin poppies to his chest. And they released <laughs> wasps onto him as well, cages of wasps onto him. And I just thought, but anyway... And I watched it all, and it came to the came to the conclusion, and you know the fellas in prison now and all that. Do you know what the uh, the soundtrack was over the closing titles of this documentary? A serious documentary that it was. Mm. Over the titles at the end, they played "Would I Lie to You" by Charles and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Who the fuck signed off on this? I tell you what, though, I love that song. That's a great I actually, song. I brought a twelve inch. Yeah. I bought 12-inch on vinyl when it came out. I've got a CD single. It's a brilliant song. And the one, the one who's not dead, I think, is Eddie. Um, I'm going to just Google this and confirm it. Charles and Eddie. One of them died, one of them didn't. Uh, but which was which? It's on, it's on Google. Who died out of Charles and Eddie? It was Charles. The other one, Eddie, Eddie Chacon, apparently has just released a fucking brilliant new solo album. I've not heard it yet, but I've seen loads of people raving about it. So, really? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. We might have a listen Is to that, that the, later on. Is that the, the, the African-American or the one uh, who seemed to be like a Native American? It was the one who seems to be like a Native American, the guy with the long hair. So yeah, he's the Eddie. one who's still alive. He's the one that's still alive, hence the new album, yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's meant to be really good. So that's something to think about. Um, well, I'll fucking yeah, check that out for sure because they were brilliant. A 60-minute long serious documentary about an incredibly serious set of allegations and an investigation and subsequent criminal conviction. And then they, they play out well with What I Like to You. Rabbit by fucking Chaz and <laughs> yeah, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. So, um, uh, yeah. But it's worth it's, watching. It's a good TV recommendation. Um, I stuck it on Twitter last night. It's actually my dad. Who, I haven't heard from my dad in months, but he sent me a text months. alerting me to a really... Yeah, literally in months. <laughs> and he's suddenly gone... I just got a text, really, like, straightforward as well. He went, <laughs> Evelyn Moore's famous 1960 television interview is on BBC4 tonight at 11.05. Oh, OK. That was it. Right. I tried to engage him in conversation. Went, oh, thanks. That's great. I'll definitely record it. But mm. I haven't heard back from him since. It was very straightforward communique right. from him. Yeah. Uh, but he knows that I really like Evelyn Moore. He was like my favourite favorite novelist when I was younger. And so I look at it up. And my sure favourite author? Why, why Evelyn Moore, of course? Yeah. <laughs> Who else do you think it is? Evelyn Moore, brilliant. Sitting on Roald Dahl. Uh, these interviews face-to-face, are you familiar with them? I've, uh, yeah, yeah. They're from the early 60s. Yeah. And they're by a bloke called John Freeman. That's right, right? Yeah. And they're the most straightforward interviews. The, the interview mm. of John Freeman is fucking insane because he's got a list of questions and he just asks them and no matter what the answer is, he just yeah. goes on to the next, next question. question. Yeah. He's like, where did you live when you were growing up? 
And he goes, West Hampton goes, how rich was your father? And he goes, well, you know, I mean, I suppose by some people's standards we were rich, but by a lot of people's standards we were rather, but we lived rather modestly. How many rooms did your house have? Right, he goes, well, how large is your penis? He goes, did you have servants? What servants? When you're at university, were you happy? Were you happy at university? Why not? Right? And just bam, 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 bam. Didn't and he the, reduce an MP to tears in one of those interviews? There was an MP. Well, I haven't seen that one, but yeah. Evelyn Moore sits and like clearly doesn't want to be there. But he sat there in his Toad of Toad Hall outfit, smoking a large <laughs> cigar throughout. Not unlike fucking, um, not unlike Michael Jordan in the Last Dance. <laughs> and uh, and he goes at one point. The reason I live in the country is that I don't like other people. Everything annoys me. Everything irritates me. And I basically just like solitude. And he goes, do you like country life? He goes, no, I don't even like the country life. I hate it. He goes, but I just live there because it keeps me away from other people and things. Right? And he goes, oh. And he goes, so why are you doing this interview right now then? And Evelyn Moore goes, poverty. He says, I beg your pardon. He goes, you and I are both here for the same reason. We're being paid to do it. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, right? Great. It's an amazing just, yeah, So then I thought, I'm going to watch more of these. I was going to say, it wasn't so, an MP. It was Gilbert Harding, the TV uh, radio right. panellist. Who's he? Who's... Oh, okay. This is like 1960 or something, and he's, his mother recently died. And Freeman asked him if he'd ever been at the bedside of a dying person. And Gilbert Harding just br- burst into tears on screen. Oh, okay, now. And he also Have Freeman you... also interviewed Tony Hancock. Uh, and I'm reading this thing about about Freeman. It says, uh, "Not that Freeman wasted any time on mere chat." His opening question to Tony Hancock in 1960 was, "Are you ready to come clean?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is no niceties at all. This is like chat shows in the pre-Parky era. It's interrogation right? stuff, isn't it? It is just fucking interrogation. And they sit in really stark studios. So one of them, right, he goes to Switzerland um, to the lakeside home of Professor Carl Jung, you know, right. the godfather yeah. of modern psychiatry. Yeah. Right? And he's really old, um, Carl Jung, right? And But he's still quite lucid. And so is, it young, is it young that did the, came up with primal screen therapy? Uh, I don't know about that. I'll just check that out. I know it's he just... came up with the shadow self, which is something that I'm quite into. Um, Carl Young, primal. Just talk amongst yourselves while we Google stuff. Screen therapy. <laughs> oh, it was Janov. Yeah. No, young, young, I think, was a little bit more mainstream than that. But anyway. There'll be loads of our listeners for the last few seconds have been screaming, Janov! It's fucking Janov! <laughs> What? Right, I'm watching it, right? And he's at, like, Freeman treats him with a little more respect and even more because he's like, this guy oh, right, yeah. will go down as the big, the most significant physician yeah. of this or any other generation. That's he how interesting he right? so like, This a, is the best doctor ever. It's a right? bit like when you interviewed um, Darren Brown. There was a yeah, certain yeah. level of respect that you wouldn't There's have given him. Because you know he can, he can start Getting twisting your melon whenever he wants. Don't yeah. fuck with me. Because I will get inside your, I'll get inside your nut and set up camp permanently, <laughs> right? And you won't even fucking know I'm there. There'll be so water, electric, the lot. <laughs> he's, a, he's he's asking him, 
like this fucking Carl Jung's like growing up t- talking to him about his childhood in like the 1880s mm. right something like like that he's going oh yeah you know it was about 1885 when I was at school and you think fucking hell <laughs> this is amazing how old this geezer is right and he goes what were you like at school and he's going well you know I, I had a temper he starts talking about his temper and Freeman goes to him were you a violent man <laughs> and he goes He's Swiss, right? And he goes, yes, I... And he laughs. He's really old and proud. And he goes, yes, I knew I had violence in me. And he goes, and were you capable of it, of acting upon it? He goes, what do you mean? And he goes, were you strong? Right? And he goes, and he goes really you show seriously, me your right? And he goes, yes. He goes, I was very strong. He goes, and I also had a temper. And I knew for those two reasons... And also, I grew up in very rough places. He said, I knew for all of those reasons I would be very good at violence. And it scared me. He (laughs) goes, and one time I had to fight seven other boys at once. And he goes, tell me about it. And he goes, the seven boys approached me and they wanted my money. And they began to try and beat me. And he goes, he goes. They were in a gang called the Six Pricks. He goes, he goes, literally, this is Carl Young, right? And he goes. I picked up one. He literally says this. Oh, he goes, I picked up one by his legs. He goes, and I swung him round and then threw him, right? And then the others all came at me. He goes, and I punched them all and knocked them all down. And he went, and after that, no one ever tried to fight me again because word got round. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, mate. This is like listening to Pele. He's like Carl Young. He's the godfather of psychology. He's yeah, seven blokes. Fucking tried to start on me. Picked one up by the legs, chucked him. Then the other six, bang, 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 bang. Knocked them all out. After that, never had a moment's trouble. Rest of my I life. Went for the biggest lad first. That always sends out a message. Swung him round by his legs. You go and ask Freud, right? Go and ask him, right? He'll, he'll, he'll fucking know. He was, he was considered, he was always second best to me. And he never fucking pushed it because he knew that how hard I was. I mean, it was right. Freud who wrote this. For, I mean, I think Freud took this from me, to be honest. But Freud wrote, on your first day in a new job, go up the biggest lad, punch him in the face. <laughs> You'll have no other problems after that. And when I read that, that was in his book. You know, the one the one he wrote about how you fancy your mum, right? Which I thought was fucking decidedly iffy. Very but much that's another line, story, yeah. right? I read this book. It was called Why You Fancy Your Mum, right? And I thought... I'll give it a read. First fucking chapter, he's on about how you're supposed to pick lad, the biggest lad up in the school and throw him by his legs. And I'm thinking, this cunt's got this off me. So I've dashed off a letter going, hey, right? Plagiarism, chapter one. What's all this about, right? And he's giving me all this flim flam saying, well, you know, we've all, you're not the only one who's had a rock yeah. on the first day at school, Carl. Common knowledge, innit? You know, it's not your fucking idea, he said. This is pu- yeah. this is public domain stuff, dickhead. Fine, take me to courts. Let's see what Fuck the judge off. thinks. Fucking public, it's common law. He's got timbrel on him. <laughs> it's amazing, though. Like, what I'm saying sounds like something we would do as a joke on an Ask Pele episode. Yeah. But I implore you to watch this. They're all yeah. on iPlayer at the moment. 
and I have not exaggerated it, he literally starts telling this bloke about how hard he is. <laughs> and I'm tuning in thinking, I'm going to get real insight here to like psychiatry and the yeah. history of the of our understanding of the human yeah. mind. And it's just some old geezer sat there in Switzerland going, yeah, when I was a kid, I was really strong. I could fucking fight anyone. Anyway, so it's at the end of the interview. Do I get paid now? Are all of the face-to-faces on, on the iPlayer then? They, I'll tell you what, they, they've got Martin Luther King... Fucking hell! Um, I haven't got. I've watched that in the past years ago, but I'm going to rewatch it. Right? They got Evelyn Moore, and who didn't do many interviews, certainly not TV. I think that might be his only TV interview because obviously he was from a long time ago, pre pre TV era. Yeah. So that's a classic. They've got Young. They've got Bertrand Russell, who I think I've got high hopes for. These are all they need to sit well. Right, the eccentric poet and personality Edith Sitwell. Don't know yeah. much about her, but that as a description uh, makes me think uh, this is a must-watch. I'm, I'm looking at it on YouTube and I'm just looking at her face and she looks a bit like yeah. in shot. And in the picture Street, of thinking, her, yes. she's got a weird sort of hairdo and is pointing aggressively at Freeman. <laughs> so I'm thinking, that's getting watched later today. Um, but then it's got other ones. So you think it's all sort of quite highbrow people, but then it's got Sterling Moss, right, and mm. Adam Faith. Yeah. Um, which so they're both going to be interesting as well, aren't they? Yeah, so if, if they're, they're quite short, I'm going to fucking watch them all. They're all on YouTube. I mean, as I'm well. always thinking deep dive. Could uh, we could definitely do a deep dive into the young one straight away. Well, I was thinking that we could retool our um, Humans of Honor format, It'd make it more of a face to face type of type of thing with some very <laughs> yeah, very yeah. blunt questions. Yeah, yeah, a series <laughs> of blunt machine gun questions. <laughs> yeah. Final question for you before we go. Do you think if um, we were offered a year's free Netflix, we would take the vaccine for COVID? Uh, how much Netflix costs for a year? About nine quid, quid a month, isn't it? So that's what, 1,200 mm. quid? 110 quid? Yeah, I'd do it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last thing. Uh, I went to visit my brother Cass, which I know is always the good. beginning of a very long story, but this isn't long. He has sold up in London Ooh. and retired to the Cotswolds, right, to live the life hell. of a country squire. Nice. Right? Yeah. Uh, he did this sort of almost on a whim in lockdown. He made the decision. Now he's done it. It all happened really quick. So I went to see him yesterday on his country estate mm. where he is very much <laughs> lord of the manor. Excellent. He goes to me, uh, I've got no Wi-Fi here yet. And I said, well, that's living in the country for you. Proper middle of nowhere village. And he goes, yeah. So I went into the village. I thought, I'll go to the pub and work from there because yeah. I'm working from home. He went, but I mean, everyone's so friendly. I didn't get a moment's work done. I had five pints and I've made about <laughs> 10 new friends. Oh, that's that right. <laughs> anyway, next to, the point of the story is next to his house in this village, I, there was another cottage on, on the side of a sort of a hill. And I looked up into their garden, wandering about in their garden, Two fucking alpacas. Yes. Right? Two alpacas. And I've gone, what's all this? And they said, oh, they've got a little alpaca farm next door. And I said, why? What's their agenda? And he said, what are they doing with the alpacas? Cock them. And I said, are you, do you think they're fucking them? Right? Obviously, (laughs) it's my first thought. Of course it is, yeah. And he went, listen, he went, you laugh. Right, he went, you laugh, he went, but I was in Chile once, he went, um, making an advert, 
and there was some alpacas hanging around, right? And the alpaca farmer went up. He went, and he French kissed the alpaca. And I went, you are joking. He went, no, he went up and he was kissing it really affectionately because the thing about alpacas is they're super friendly and affectionate, right? <laughs> Might be worth looking into what their stock's like on the creature market. Yeah, on the creature actually. market, yeah. That seems we'll like a long time ago, out. yeah. I mean, I think just off the back of this story, it might shoot mm. up. I don't know. Anyway, he said this old Chilean farmer goes up and he's like, really, mate, you know, like when you see people, they're sort of half kissing their dogs. You see yeah. that sometimes, don't you? Like that, yeah, like they get really intimate with their dog. I mean, you wouldn't with yours, but some people chance. do. And the dog gets a bit slobbery. He said it was like that. He went, but then the the um, alpaca puts his tongue right out and it goes in the geezer's mouth. Oh, and the geezer, rather than go, uh he puts his tongue back in the alpaca's oh. mouth. I said, are you sure about Fucking this, mate? He goes, hell. I'm definitely sure. It's lived with me. He goes, on all of my travels, I've been to many countries all around the world. He goes, it's one of the most eye-opening things I saw. It was a prolonged French kiss between a man oh. and an alpaca. And then I said, what are they really doing with these alpacas? And apparently, you can just rent them, right? And I said, for Pies. what? And apparently, like, there's, this is a thing. She got like my sister in law said to me, Oh, you can rent them to do yoga with and I went, What? And she went, Yeah, some people swear by doing their yoga next to an alpaca because it's I don't know, it's like extra soothing or relaxing Vibes. or something like yeah. that. So you go, you turn up, I mean wherever you live it's a long way away because it's in the middle of a remote village. So you've got to drive out to this village in the Cotswolds, turn up, hello, is this uh, are you the alpaca fella? Yeah. <laughs> Right, can I do my yoga out there in the back? With yeah, an alpaca? with an alpaca, yeah. 50 quid. All right, there Fuck you go. Fuck me. Either that or you sit the alpaca in the back of your motor and take it back to take yours back for the, the day, your, I don't your know. Your yoga retreat. And other well, people pay just to have a little walk with the alpaca. So you pay the money and then you go off for a walk across the fields with it. Jesus and it just hangs Christ. around with you for the day. Fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah. Evelyn what? Have you ever French kissed an alpaca? I did once, yes. Okay, okay, that's enough. Uh, Now, your father, did he ever touch you inappropriately? No, not that I remember. How much money do you have in your pocket right now? (laughs) Right, that's it. Uh, I don't know what the point of this episode was, but we we got there. Mm. We We got got there in the end, and you're all grateful for it. Sure are, and it's the weekend now, so fuck off. Oh, we didn't talk about Harry Maguire. Or Lionel Messi. So, if there's any football fans still listening to this podcast, which I doubt, <laughs> on Monday we might talk about those two things because I am fascinated by the Greek police officers who set about <laughs> Harry Maguire. I think there's quite a lot to discuss there. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. TTFN. TTFN, dickheads. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.